before believing the podcast where we are slaying your giants. The giant of poverty. The giant of inadequacy. The giant of anxiety. We are slaying them here, brother. I am so amped up right now. Oh my gosh. What ails you? What giants afflict your life? We are slaying them. <laughs> oh, sweet. I'm Patrick Mathers, pastor of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. And I'm Brian Gumpy, the guy who apparently this like WWF wrestler in front of me is going to <laughs> smack down. That's funny. That's where your mind went. I was thinking of a faith preacher. No, I got it. A, like a particular one, but I was thinking of one. No, I I, I got it, but it felt more like a wrestler. <laughs> Did it? Yeah. Uh, who's your favorite wrestler? Oh gosh, I was never into wrestling. Uh, Dude, it, all guys were at one point, even if it was for like a couple of months. So. I would, I'm not wrong, am I? That's a true statement. No, I was never into wrestling. Dude, come on, throw me a I mean, We're yes. Yes. Okay, for, like, oh, for, yeah. For months. For months. Yeah. It, it, from an outside spectator's like opinion. I didn't think you ever got in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd be wrong, brother. I got in there and I went seven whole rounds. Anyway. I'm dropping a train on you. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> if you, see- I really liked Macho Man. Yeah, yeah. Macho Man was my favorite too for a long time, but I also like Rowdy Rowdy Piper. I uh, I hated The Rock. Really? But all the reasons why I hated him when I was young are the reasons why I love him now. Not like him as an actor now, huh. but like when I look back on all the stuff that was absolutely ridiculous and over the top, I'm like, oh, that's what made him like amazing. Yeah, yeah. So did you change or did he change? Uh, I think I understand the point of wrestling more now than I did as a child. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. They're characters. (laughs) (laughs) Nah. Like, I didn't want to hang out with The Rock. He didn't seem like a nice friend. Not somebody you're getting carne asada fries not on somebody, a Thursday afternoon. Not somebody I wanted to like bring over. Hey, hey mom. Hey, dad. <laughs> Got the rock here. It's the rock. We're going to go play video games, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Give my dad the people's eyebrow when he told him to get his feet off the couch. <laughs> uh, that's great. I liked Ultimate Warrior, too. When he would run in there and he'd grab that rope and he'd shake it up and down all violently and the whole ring would shake. Yeah. That got me going. I was ready to jump up. Little, whatever, 12, 13-year-old Pat. Nice. Yeah, I was excited about that. Ooh, you know who, like, drove me crazy? Like, I hated even more than The Rock when I was a kid is Steve Austin. Okay, see, he was, both The Rock and Steve Austin were after. No, totally. Like, I, I had that. any awareness of wrestling. Yeah. So, I, I That was, like, the peak of mine. Okay, see, I don't even know. Because I was know. probably, like, 10, 11, 12, right, something like that. Right, right. And so, everybody, like, mine was, like, I saw Hulk Hogan body slam Audrey the Giant at that WrestleMania. Like, that was, like, my peak back then. So, that was a long time ago. But, uh, yeah, so, I, I don't even know Steve Austin. Like, I, like if you showed me a picture of him and, like, some other bald-headed wrestler. Is he bald? I don't even know if he's bald. Yeah. Then I might not be able to tell him apart. Yeah. So, but you liked him? No, I didn't. No, you didn't. You yeah. didn't like him. Why didn't you like him? He's just annoying. Yeah. 
I didn't like Ric Flair because he was annoying, which is odd because you could totally see me doing the woo thing yeah. that he did. That is odd. And I'd have a fun time doing it, but yeah, I didn't like him. Mm. Well, he had like a crazy eye. You know, I think that's it. Not like like a lazy eye. Like he had a crazy glint in his eye that he just seemed like off. You know? Who, who's the preacher that you were being like? Dude, I'm not going to say. Why not? Because I don't want to say. Because you don't want people to go Google and be like, oh, screw these belonging before believing guys. This guy's where it's at. No. But I'm not going to say. <laughs> well, dang. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to play this one close to the vest. Somebody you know? No. Well, no. No, I don't even think I've ever met him. I'm pretty sure I never met him. I know I never met him. I never met him. <laughs> hey, you know the reason why I started the way I did? I do. Is because that is the way. Now, maybe not the tone and the passion and emphasis that people place upon David and Goliath story, but it's definitely the way people preach the David and Goliath story. Oh, you mean terribly and wrong? Terribly and wrong. They preach it like this. You're David. <laughs> You've got these giants in your life. They'd be all kinds of bad for you, and you need to afflict them. And the way you afflict them is with affliction. Is with your five stones. And your five stones are Bible reading, praying, tithing, confessing your victory. And eating ho hos. <laughs> <laughs> ding dong. I, I just threw that last ding dong, yo. Ding dong. Because I could see ding David dong, out yo. there with a ho ho. Which which weird owl video is ho-ho that? Ho ho is more fun it's, to say it, than ding dong. It's either <laughs> I it's bad or it's what's the fat. Other? Or it's fat. You're yeah, fat. it's fat. That's yeah. right. At the beginning, duh, because it's ding dong. Yeah, and it's like these like kind of gangster dudes. They're like, yo, yo, ding dong, oh, ding, dong, ding, yo. Dong, ding dong, yo, yo, <laughs> ding dong, ding dong, yo. <laughs> anyway, yeah, or it's like, come to our series, Five Smooth Stones, so that you can conquer your debt. Yep. And it's like something about money. Or like the five smooth stones to make sure that the, the, the giant of child rebellion well, yeah. stays out of your yep. home. Or it could be whatever your giant is. Yeah. And so they'll give these random principles from the Bible. My favorite, not yeah. favorite one, is tithing. Like that's <laughs> But it's always in there, you know. It's always in there. Hey, you've got the giant of child aggression. So, no, your childs are aggressive, you know? No, your inner child is aggressive. <laughs> what yeah. you need to do is tithe more. Yeah. Give me more money, and that's <laughs> going to fix your willies. <laughs> yeah, this is what's happening. David is praying, Lord, Lord, let this stone hit his forehead so that these rich white people can be even better with money. Whack! I know I'm just going to be a sermon illustration. I like how I'm like waving my arm around for all these people who are you listening. You can hear it. You can hear your waving it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, dude, my favorite, not my favorite, is when the churches... Like, make work your favorite. Make, <laughs> singing is my favorite. <laughs> Smiling. Smiling. 
they make these big Goliaths. Like they'll make it like a nine foot tall wooden caricature and they'll be at the door like all ominous, like looking at you when you walk in the door. And so you got to have that picture of that dude in your head because he's going to come get you unless you get the sermon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's so many bad ways to go about this. Sto- well, no, there's really, yeah, there's so many bad ways to go about this story. But we're going to go through David and Goliath. <laughs> Woo! Dude, my throat's getting raspy. How do those guys preach like that? Uh, They must drink a lot of lemon juice, you know, because that gives you the throat coat. Throat coat. Did you know that? Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) David and Goliath, the story is found in 1 Samuel 17, and I'm going to be going from the New Living Translation because it reads better. Um, I, like I said before, use the ESV when I'm studying. But this, this just reads good. So Why we're are you s- reading from the NASB? It flows. Because I don't have a college degree. <laughs> oh, shoot! <laughs> okay. The Philistines mustered their army for battle and camped between Soka and Judah at Akesh and Aphes Denarium. Got that? <laughs> None of that means anything. Here's what's – let me give you the sum up. That's something that you want to hear from your pastor as he's reading scripture. None of that means anything. <laughs> Hashtag things my pastor says. Uh, anyway, please continue. Okay, it means something. <laughs> you want to know what – here's what it means to me. Oh, yeah, I went there. I don't uh, like I don't know the names, but I've been there at this place. We went there when I was in Israel, and it was like, oh yeah, this is a big field. <laughs> That's what I remember about it. Aphes, damn him, big old field. Yep. Please so, continue. So the okay, so when the Israelites came into the land originally, they were supposed to conquer all of the natives who lived in there, and they were wicked, wicked people, like burning their kids and you know, doing all kinds of perverted sexual things with, you know, anyways, it was bad. It was bad, 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 bad. So when people talk about like, oh, there's genocide in the Old Testament, what they don't understand is this is like a people that needed to get dealt with and judged because they were so wicked, like wicked on the scale that's hard to comprehend in civilized society. Like you're the person trying to stick up for the Nazis right now. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, you're right. It's a little bit like that. But the, the Philistines were one of the groups of people that didn't get completely conquered when they came into the land. And so they repopulated and kept their cities. And then they were always a thorn in the side of Israel all throughout their history when they had kings because of that. So the Philistines had a, they mustered their army and they were coming to battle against the nation of Israel. So that's where we pick the story up. Saul, who is the king of Israel at the time, not David, it's Saul, he countered by gathering his Israelite troops near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and the Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and a bronze coat of mail, weighed about 125 pounds. 
He also wore bronze leg armor and carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of the spear was as heavy and as thick as a weaver's beam tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying the shield. That's probably about all he could carry. Yeah. So take away from this, <laughs> guys, everything was really heavy. That's, that's, yeah, I mean. That's the takeaway. It's, it's really heavy and he's, he's huge and yoked. And, you know, people have said, well, nobody can be like that. But, I mean, this isn't, this is a long, long, long time ago. And Yao Ming was seven feet Yao tall. Yao Ming was seven. I mean, LeBron James is pretty tall. I mean, he's, he's like not six, as tall as Shaq. Eight, no, six, he's nine. taller than that, I think. No. Is he's he? under seven for okay, sure. Okay, but Shaq isn't. And he he's seven one, isn't he? Something like that. Yeah. So I two mean, feet taller than Shaq. Right, but I mean uh, that's the kind of stature that you think of. Yeah. A big, strong, strong guy. Not one of those. You know, when you see these tall guys who have that deformity, they're always with a cane and they can hardly keep themselves up because of the you know the medical issues. That's not what we're looking at here. We're looking at somebody who is a physical specimen, right? So Goliath stood and shouted across to taunt the Israelites. Why are you all coming to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion. You are the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we'll be your slaves. But if I kill him... You will be my slaves. I like that. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. Yeah. Dude's got, I mean, granted, he has the most to lose, like his life. But I love how he says, we'll be your slaves, the dude who's dead. <laughs> well, he, he's not assuming he's going to die. Right. It's just funny to me. <laughs> no, it if, is. If you kill me, then I'll we'll be, be your slaves. slaves. Yep, yeah. Yep. So, he defies the armies of Israel. Send me somebody to fight me. When Saul heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Now, one note. When Saul became king, he was the tallest guy in the land. He was like the Goliath of the Israelites. He's probably like 6'2". Probably. He stood head and shoulders above everybody else. So he was no small guy himself. Woo-hoo! Almost lost my beer there. That would have been terrible. Talk about my Goliath, not the beer. Me spilling it. <laughs> you had five smooth stones in the bottom of that glass. No, I, over. I had my five smooth finger stones to keep that thing from tipping. Now, David was the son of a man named Jesse, the Ephraimite from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. Jesse was an old man, but he had eight sons. Jesse's three oldest sons, these guys, already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. So David was the youngest. David's three older brothers were with Saul's army, but David went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. One day, Jesse said to David, Hey, take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers. Give these ten cuts of cheese to their captain. Pays to be the captain. Right. See how your brothers are getting along and then bring back a report on how they're doing. So David went down there to see him. David left the sheep with another shepherd, set out early in the morning as Jesse had directed him. When he arrived at the camp, there were shouts and battle cries. But as soon as the Israelite and Philistine forces stood to face each other, army against army, 
David left his things with the keeper of the supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was talking, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks, and then David heard him shout his usual shout to the army. As soon as the Israelites... Do you think by then yeah. that all of these soldiers are like listening to it, and it's like... Oh, gosh. Oh, it's How I Met Your Mother. Where there's, like, this car alarm that was going off, and they were, like, they're camped out in front of some store. They're, like, going to do some, like, doorbuster sale. And so they're camped out, and, like, this car alarm's going off all night. And by the morning, they're all, like, doing it together. Like, woo-woo-woo-woo-woo-woo. <laughs> do you think it's like that, they're where all the Israelites along. are, like, chanting along with them? Like, oh, yeah, send a guy. We'll be your slaves. We'll be our slaves. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Forty days. A long time. Well, as soon as the Israelite army saw him, they ran away. Have you seen the giant, the men asked? He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. Woo-hoo! You get the king's daughter and no taxes. Yep. How about that? Wow. Which one do you think they're more happy about? What? <laughs> Depends on what the taxes were like at the time. Hefty. <laughs> they're always hefty. The, Taxation was, is theft. Was the king's daughter hefty? <laughs> oh, I don't think so. Uh, she was a sass, though. I mean, dude, dude, no, all kidding aside, like, again, you can just no, see don't how... don't put kidding aside. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> kidding included. <laughs> you can see just, like, at the time that daughters were just property. Oh, yeah. It's it's just... Oh, yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. And most of them went along with it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. What, what choice do you have, I guess? Uh, yeah, I guess. Let's not turn this into that. <laughs> <laughs> moving on (laughs) nothing to see here David asked the soldiers standing nearby what will a man get for killing the Philistine and ending his defiance who is this pagan anyway why is he allowed to defy the armies of the living God so David's getting salty about this right Right. like what the heck Why why is not anybody doing anything so then the men said to David yes that's the reward for killing him But then David's older brothers came and said, what are you doing here? What about those sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? Oh, oh, I know you're proud and deceitful. You just want to come out here and see the battle. So David, like a good younger brother, goes, what? What have I done now? I'm just asking a question. You just hear the brothers. Whiny little brother. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So then he walked away and walked over to some other soldiers and they gave him the same answer. But this because David was going around and asking so many people, the report got back to King Saul. So King Saul sent for him. And David said to Saul, Don't worry about this Philistine, I will go and fight him. <laughs> yeah, the stones on David. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm. Just thinking, like, obviously, David eventually. The man after God's own heart. I, I feel like this is more using the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. I feel like it's more that's what's going on. Yeah. Like, like uh, David's an idiot here, right? Like, I don't think he's an idiot. I, I think he's cocky. 
Well, sure. That's kind of more what I meant. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he's he's naive because listen. Okay, listen what he says though. Saul says, "Don't be ridiculous. You can't go out and fight him and possibly win. You're just a boy. He's been a man of war since he was a boy." So David said, "Look, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, and when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club, a club, a stick." He goes after the bear and the lion with a stick. Okay, yeah, how many nine foot tall bears do you think he was going after? But it's a, that have been trained in warfare. Right. But it's still it's, yes, yes. Bravo, David. Very much <laughs> a lion. Yes, I yeah. <laughs> with a stick. Did the lion have a sword made of bronze? I yeah, big sharp gnashing teeth and claws that could probably rip. His face right off his head. I'm still team David's feeling himself right now. Okay, but wait, wait, listen. So it goes with a stick. (laughs) If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. (laughs) The lion turns on him. So what does he do? He catches it by the jaw. He grabs his jaw and then starts beating it with a stick. (laughs) What? What? Uh, I've done this with both bears and lions. I'll go do it to this Philistine. <laughs> Catch him by the jaw and club him to death. <laughs> hey, he's not catching him by the jaw. Little David's not nine feet tall. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. For he has defied the armies of the living God. So this is why I think he still is a man after God's own heart here. But I do think he's kind of cocky. And I do think God uses the foolish things that confound the wise. But... He goes out and Saul says, okay, go ahead. The Lord be with you. So Saul gave him his armor, but it was too heavy for him to bear. So he said, never mind. I can't fight in these things. So David just took off again and he picked up five smooth stones from the stream and put it into his shepherd's bed. That's where the whole five smooth stones to slay your giants things come from. Then Armed only with his staff and a sling, he ran across his the stick. valley. His stick, yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> he probably used to wallop the lions. So Goliath walked out towards David. It's got lion teeth just like sticking in the side. He's decorating it. <laughs> the teeth of all Bear these Bear hair beasts. all yeah. in a little a splinter that's still yeah. lodged in there. Yeah. So Goliath... See, sneers with contempt at the ruddy-faced boy. That means he's redhead. I just want to throw that in there. Like that? He's a little red boy. Not unlike me. <laughs> he's a little unlike you. He's not. <laughs> We're kindred spirits. Oh. So Goliath says, Am I a dog that you come at me with a stick? You know, the answer would have been, No, a lion or a bear. But <laughs> And he, he, so he cursed David and cursed the names of his gods. So come over here and I'll give your flesh to the animals, the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. So David yells back to the Philistine, you come at me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven. Oh, the Lord of heaven's armies, forgive me. And God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you. And I will kill you and cut off your head. Then I'll give your the dead bodies to your men and birds, the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with a sword and a spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. 
So there's a little bit of truth mixed with a little bit of bravado there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's true. Goliath had defied the armies of the living God, God that they are going to know all in Israel, that there is a God who protects Israel, that the Lord rescues his people. So all that's true. You know, it's just in a very fantastic way. So Goliath moved closer to attack. David quickly ran to meet him. So he reached into his shepherd's bag and took out a stone. He hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. Now, I heard somebody say that this is the first guided missile in the Bible. Oh, it's so bad, right? That's so bad. Uh, so then, I said something like it's a spirit guided missile. Oh, probably. Right? Yeah, I probably butchered it. Boo. <laughs> so Dave. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. So David. Yeah. So David triumphed over the Philistine army with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. So David ran over, pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath, and David used it to kill him and cut off his. How big was that sword? Right. Right. And David, you could just imagine like trying to pick the thing up and laying it down and doing one of these kind of, you know, back and forth saw things to get his head off. And, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> tell, tell, me, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> when the Philistines, Brian, or he, when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, you know what they did? They turned and ran. They hightailed it. Yeah. Woo. Breakneck speed. They did not keep up their end of the bargain. <laughs> uh, you guys are supposed to be our slaves now. <laughs> they, they took he, him to civil court. You and Goliath. <laughs> you're supposed to be our slaves. He said. <laughs> then the men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistines, chasing them as far as Gath into the gates of Ekron. The bodies of the dead and wounded Philistines were strewn along the road, from Sherem as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the Israelite army returned and plundered the camp, and David took the Philistines' head to Judah. Because why not? What, why wouldn't you take his head, right? And stored the man's armor in his own tent. Saul watched David go out and fight the Philistines, and he said to Abner, Abner, whose son is this man? Abner said, I really don't know. We'll find out who he is, because... Now we're not getting taxes from them. <laughs> right. Figure out how big of a hit this is going to be. <laughs> Which daughter do I give him? Get your abacus. <laughs> as soon as David returned from killing Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul with the Philistine's head still in his hand. Tell what, me about You think I'm going to let go of this? <laughs> no way, dude. Somebody else is good. It's going to be way more believable with anyone else has this dude's head in their hand that they killed him than me, the shepherd boy. I am not letting go of this head. Can you imagine how big a nine foot tall guy's head must be? Yeah. I mean, he's probably kind of dragging it a little bit. I mean, I'm thinking David's like in his teen, you know, he's like a young teen here. He's not like 20s or anything like that. Or he would have been in the army, right? Yeah. He's the youngest kid. So his name or who's your dad? Verse 58, then Saul said, Saul asked him, and David said, his name's Jesse, and we live in Bethlehem. So when we started out this podcast, we were making fun of the way people te- um, teach this. So what, what's wrong with the, the way of teaching it that you have these Goliaths and you're David and you need your five smooth stones to 
trounce your Goliath, to guided missile him dead. Uh, because everyone wants to turn all of these narratives into just like, like allegory and metaphor, and and just because they're some little boy beat a giant, and it's like, oh, well, you're the little boy, and and the giant represents like, yeah, like we're making jokes about like, oh, your kids and their squirreliness, or you know, your debt, yeah. or you know, the fact that you your insecurity, yeah, whatever, you, the fact that you overdue library books, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it's like this. This is not. This, you really think that that's why God put this in Holy Scripture because of your overdue library books? <laughs> uh, no, but it's just as ridiculous to think that as it is to think all of these other things that we're yeah, talking about. No, it is. Or I'm sorry, but these other things we're talking about as to think that. Yeah, yeah, they're they're all equally ridiculous because the point of the story is that Goliath is our sin and is the enemy against us, Satan. And David is the Christ figure in this. All throughout Scripture, Jesus is likened to David. He's the, called the son of David many, many, many times. He's the one who came, and he's the one who slew Goliath on our behalf. If we're anybody in the story, we're all the other people in the army who fled and ran in terror at this giant thundering, our sin, the enemy yeah. you know, thundering against us. And we could not fight against it. Christ had to come, and Christ had to defeat it. And really, to go back, and all joking aside, this time for, for reals, the foolish things of the world confounds the wise is a passage in direct reference to the cross there in 1 Corinthians. Mm -hmm. It's talking about that most people think the cross of Christ is foolishness, but yet that's the very thing that saved us. Just like here a boy coming and killing this lad was foolishness. But yet that's the way that God delivered the nation of Israel in that day from the hands of the oppressor. And how we are delivered from our oppressor, sin, Satan, is through the blood of Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice for us. And let me give you a helpful hermeneutic here. Let me give you a, a good way to read your Bible and interpret some scripture. So if, you, if we're looking at types, shadows, if we're looking for symbolism, things like that, you, the hero in the story never represents you. <laughs> never. Never. <laughs> never. Never. And if you think it does, you think way more highly of yourself than you ought. <laughs> we are always the damsel in distress. Oh, yeah. At best. At best. Most of the time we're, we're other than rebel that, sinners. I was going to say, or we're snidely whiplash. Well, like, I don't know why I thought of that. Or dead him. man's bones. Yeah. Snidely whiplash. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yes, the fact that all of these people are trying to shoehorn you into David's role in this story is laughable at best and shameful at worst. Yes, yes, it, it is shameful. It, it's laughable and shameful. I, I don't know why people keep preaching this. I mean, I do. I guess it kind of preaches to people who it want. It sells. And because it's practical. It's like. Here's something you can do to better yourself. And we're, if nothing else, we're a DIY culture. Right. And it's the antithesis of what we just said. It makes you the hero in the story. Yeah. Yeah. You, you would much rather hear that than what I just told you. <laughs> You're the damsel in distress well, and snidely I, whiplash. I wouldn't. But that's me now after understanding. Sure. The thing is, is you don't But think that's that, why these guys keep preaching. Right. Because they, well, they one, they have a low view of 
sin. They don't realize how bad it is. And they have an equally low view of Christ and the atonement he gave. And they assume way more of you than is actually warranted. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like when they preach stuff like this, they turn the whole Bible on its head and make you the point of the story instead of Christ, instead of God. And, you know, enough of the time, I mean, I've heard plenty of preaching that's done that way. And, and you don't think like, oh, you're diabolical. You're taking advantage of all these people. Like, like a good example, like the Pearl of Great Price. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, some guy finds a, was a pearl. Not of, the Mormon book. Right. No, no, no. I'm doing this all from memory here, but like ahead, the, guy, the guy finds a pearl in the field, right? And no, then, he finds a treasure in the field. He finds the a pearl in the marketplace. Okay, I'm. I'm helping you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. they're stories back to back. That's why. It's That's why I'm getting it mixed yeah. up. Okay. Yeah. So, but anyway, so the pearl of great price. I heard a guy preach that you are that pearl. Yeah, I've heard that too. You are that pearl again, making you the hero in the story. And it's all about how Jesus like loves you so much that he was going to do anything it took to go and buy that pearl. Like he was do anything it took to go and like redeem you and save you and have you. No, <laughs> no. What, what does it actually mean, Pat? So the, the, we're, we're not out looking for a treasure, but we find one, we happen upon it in the field and it's Christ. And we are willing to divest ourselves of everything because of our faith in what that treasure will bring us, what that pearl will bring us. So we are willing to deny our everything, take up our cross as it were, and follow Christ. That he is worth more, he's more valuable than everything else in existence. And so if it costs me everything, then he's still worth it to follow him. Right. Which makes him the hero. He's the hero. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So in the example I just brought up, the reason I brought it up is like the guy who's teaching that like you are the pearl, you are like the, the thing of great price, the, the valuable thing. He just loves you so much. Right. But honestly, like that guy is not like out here trying to be nefarious or he's not trying to think? lead people astray. No. I think a lot of them are. Well, the guy that I was listening to. Oh, okay. And, yeah, you, I'm not... and you would agree with me on this because okay. you know, you would know who it was. All right. Um, no, like he genuinely believes that and he's, I mean, does, does the Lord love us? Of course he does. Um, and if he didn't see value in us at all, he wouldn't have given his son. Like, of course he's, he sees value. But, in it. Sorry. I, my the object of his affection is his own glory. Right. We receive the benefits of him choosing to glorify himself in saving us. Yeah. Which is, I, I get it. It's counter, it's counterintuitive. But so is the story of David and Goliath. Right. And my whole point in bringing that up is like it's easy to poke fun at these people who get it like way off all the time. Mm -hmm. And I do think that enough of them really do mean well. But that doesn't change the fact that they're teaching it really wrong. Yeah, I think that there's probably I, – I might say there's as many as mean well as that don't mean well that are truly – I think there are guys who are nefarious out there. And that's the reason why I brought up the whole tithing thing. Why is that always included? You know? Um, so I don't know. I could be wrong, and I'm totally open to that. But um, but we want to get it right. We, we want to preach it right. We want to hear it right. We want to read it right. And hopefully that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So quit shoehorning your own agenda into biblical narrative. It don't belong there.
Got a question of the day? I do. This is a fun one. Do you ever see that show Rick and Morty? No. You ever watch that show? No. The Rick and Morty? No. Rick is the scientist and Morty's his little lad, his little attaché, his little protégé. Okay, I know what that word means. Yeah, attaché is a case. I just That was the first thing I thought of. It's probably not the right word. <laughs> so, in Rick and Morty, Rick, the scientist, the elder statesman figure, which is a joke, he's not, but he's pretty crass and he's a poopy head, but... He has a portal gun, and he can shoot the gun and it opens up a portal to some other dimension or world or someplace, and they regularly jump through it and just willy-nilly just open up one and go. So the question of the day is... Okay, good, because I was going to say, I type 140 characters on Twitter to get these questions in there, and that was a lot of lead-up. No, 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 this one is, okay. is going to be, a portal opens to another world in front of you. You don't know how long it'll stay open. You don't know if you'll be able to get back. Do you go through? No. No? No. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. No. No chance. You don't even like take a step through and check it out and try to step back real quick? No. I'm, I think I would. No. Call me a sap, but my wife and daughter are in this dimension. No. Well, mine are too. I know. I love mine more than you do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you do. <laughs> I think I'm just a free spirit, Brian, and you're, you're a stick in the mud. I think that's what it is. That's probably true. <laughs> you're, yeah. That, no, Bob. Or, I'm hoping could, for some pushback at no, least a little bit there. No. It's a little on the nose, actually. <laughs> I think I would. I think I would. St if nothing else, I'd at least stick like my, my head and my torso through. <laughs> just I might stick my leg through first because... I can do without a leg. I can't do without a head. So if it closes on my head, then I'm dead, right? But if my leg goes, oh, well. Yeah, you don't bleed out from a chopped off leg or anything. You're probably going to be just fine. I have fine. a belt on. I can make a tourniquet, Brian. <laughs> You've been watching too much TV. You can just lose a leg and you're just fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. I've seen them. They got them legs with the little paddles and you can still run. You see that guy with the razor legs? Who competed in the Olympics and he did really good, and then he murdered his girlfriend. Yeah, you you could be that guy. <laughs> well, no, but I from another be, dimension. No, from another dimension, I'll be his. I'll be his kind-hearted doppelganger. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I only am missing one leg, and I didn't kill anybody from death. But I got this razor leg just in case. <laughs> Check me out. <laughs> How do I phrase this question? What is this question? Hey, would you would you go to the portal? <laughs> would you go through the portal? Yeah. Oh my word! So, razor legs, <laughs> one or two? We believe that you belong. <laughs> <laughs>